the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus was also invited with his disciples. When the wine failed, there was no more wine. Mary went to Jesus and said, they have no wine. And Jesus answered her, Woman, what is that to you or to me? But Mary went and told the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Jesus said to the servants, Fill the jars with water. And then he told them, Draw from the jars and take it to the chief steward. The words we have just heard from the Gospel according to John, chapter 2. My dear friends, whenever we read passages from the Bible, they sound very simple. But if you continue to analyze the context and try to present those passages as if they were happening now, you will understand the profound meaning and how deep the message is. Two Sundays ago, on the 2nd of January, we celebrated the Feast of Epiphany that should have been on the 6th. The Feast of the Manifestation of the Lord to the world outside Jerusalem, Galilee, Judea, that surrounding to the non-Jews world. Last Sunday, which was the first Sunday of the year in ordinary time, we continued to celebrate the manifestation of Jesus as Lord of the entire universe, as Savior of the world, when we celebrated his baptism in the River Jordan by John. Because when the Magi came from the East, they drew the attention of the local community. Among you, the king is born. They themselves experienced that and took that back home in joy. Now while Jesus was baptized by John, with the voice of the Father and the Spirit in the form of a dog, bearing witness his being the son of God was also manifested to the disciples and all those who came around that time for baptism we know of course that the first to whom Jesus was manifested 
as the Savior and as King. The first we had been shepherds. According to the Gospel of Luke, immediately after his birth, an angel appeared to the shepherds. So we have the shepherds, we have the magi, we have then, now we have the baptism, the rest of the Jewish community. Because many people were rushing to John for baptism, including the religious leaders and soldiers. Today, the reading of today still talks about another aspect of epiphany. So the epiphany of the Lord did not take place just in one day, not just in the day that the major came from the east to see the newborn baby in Bethlehem. It started on the night of his birth and it continued. The last epiphany was on the day of the resurrection. The glory of God in Jesus was manifested in the ultimate way with the resurrection. But today we hear this reading of the manifestation of his glory to a very intimate circle. A group of friends and family. The first disciples that he called, we are present here. And who were this? Andrew, Peter, Philip, Nathaniel. The gospel today begins by saying, at that time, John chapter 2 verse 1 really says, two days after, or some translations will say, on the third day, beginning already now, to draw attention to the importance of the third day in the life and ministry of Jesus. On the third day, what happened on the first and on the second day? And the Gospel of John, after the introduction about the Word that was made flesh and dwelt among us, the Word that was with God, we hear the story of John's preaching and baptizing and then Jesus passing the first day. John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Nothing happens. The next day, day two, Jesus passes again. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Two of his disciples move. John's disciples two of them move and go to Jesus and say, Okay, where are you living? There's a man who not see that. Then on the third day, immediately after hearing of his appearance in public life. The first miracle, John calls it sign of something greater and deeper. The first is, he goes to a wedding because some people like to paint Jesus as a sad, hard-looking, mean guy. 
that guy in video, not a smile. Well, the one thing that will tell you that Jesus was not a mean guy. Children run away from wicked people. I don't know how they discovered them. But the children were always running to Christ. And their disciples were even embarrassed. You know, they were dressed all in such a way that even when the soldiers came to arrest him, they didn't recognize him. Judas had to identify him. So there was nothing about his dresses that was different from others. But children always knew him. So he wasn't a linger. He was at parties. He gave examples of wedding feasts and up till now, the best celebrations in the world are wedding celebrations. Moments of joy, moments of happiness, merry-making and thanksgiving, expression of love. John inserts Jesus' public life in that context. And his glory is manifested in that familiar, in that intimate, in that small circle of family and friends. Why do I say family and friends? It was, we did not hear that Mary was invited. We just hear Mary was there. She was there. Jesus was the person we knew was invited. Jesus was no longer a baby. He was a man now. He has become a man. So Jesus was there with his disciples. And with his disciples, how did Mary know that they no longer have had wine? She must have been an insider in that family. Question number one. Do you know Mary? The mother of Jesus. And does she know you and your life and your plans and your difficulties? When Jesus was leaving the world, he handed the mother to his loved one and said, Look, this is your mother now. And said, Mother, this is your child now. John, the gospel of symbols. The gospel of spirituality, the gospel of deep meanings. That gesture, gesture has a deeper meaning than just protecting Mary. Its meaning is my mother is now the mother of all my disciples. And my disciples are now the children, all of them children of my mother. Is Mary a mother or is she an angel? Is she an instrument that God just uses to deliver a message to the world that she should be put aside? Or is she part of your daily life? Who is so intimate that she notices ever before you tell the son that something is wrong with your life? Jesus was also there with his disciples. The answer of Jesus can be something so woman. Which it concern you? Which it concern you? Now you are angel. 
you come to say they don't give you wine, I have the trouble. Make them go buy wine now. What did Mary answer Jesus? Silence. Jesus said, My time has not yet come. Because he knew he needed to teach the people about God the Father, about the action of the Spirit, about Himself, so that they would be able to recognize the signs who walked among them as pointing to something greater than solving immediate human problems. Whenever He saw the people like sheep without shepherd, He taught them first before any miracle. John tells us in chapter 6, that he saw them hungry and he fed them. They didn't understand the sign and they wanted to make king a king. There would have been a rebellion if they had enthroned him as their king. Pilate would have descended on all of them with his soldiers. The way the Nigerian military has descended, descended on Eastern Nigeria in order to protect the integrity of the country. Anyway, Immediately they noticed there was a problem. He sent the disciples away and decided to teach the people about the bread of life. Look, God is struggling about the bread of this world. I gave you this bread only as a sign of what is to come later. That is what he wanted to do first before any miracle. My time has not yet come. You don't put out the wrong food or everything will go wrong. But there was a problem in the family. There was a problem among a newly wedded couple. There was a problem that a feast would be spoiled. Joy was about to turn into sadness and embarrassment. And there was Brahmanya. There is no more wine and the feast is not yet over. The feast lasted seven days. Among the Jews of the time, they had time. It was a poor rural family community. Outside the planting season, they would have enough time for feasting. And since many people were poor, wedding feasts were always an occasion for free lunch. People would come and eat and drink and make many and go home. It was so among us many years ago when. Funerals lasted many days. When somebody dies in a family, members of the family will stay with the person for two weeks before going home. After that, closest members will stay for one month before going home. You can't do it now. Except that because of the level of hunger in the country now, some are prepared to become perpetual mourners. But we put in the head. They don't go away. They have no more. Well, make make such a close member of your family. Make them such an intimate part of your life that you will notice when you have a problem. Especially when things that give you joy Things that give you hope have started 
to diminish. And you may not even be aware of it. And she will notice and talk to the son. But mothers and fathers and teachers here, pay attention. Jesus' answer was not the answer of somebody who was going to do something. But Mary, without knowing exactly how Jesus would react, was sure he would not disappoint this couple. Do whatever he tells you, and she walks away. From where did her trust, unfailing trust and confidence in Jesus come? How did she know that no matter what he decided to do, he would save the situation? When the shepherds came to adore the baby in the manger after them, they said all the things that they had been told by an angel. And what did Mary reply them? Luke chapter 2, verse 19. Mary treasured all these things in her heart. Don't forget that during the Annunciation, the angel had told her, this person that you are going to conceive, this child, is to be the son of God. He will be the son of the Most High, and he is coming to save his people. What? Let what you have said be done to me according to your words. And when at the age of 12, they went to Jerusalem, and Jesus was left behind, they searched for him for a lot. On the third day, they found him in the temple. Why have you done this to us? Why are you looking for me? You should have known I must be up in my father's house. What did the mother tell him? Luke chapter 2, verse 51. The mother kept all these things in her heart. She was contemplating the word of God and the life of the boy from birth to that moment. Jesus lived with the parents. The Bible tells us. John Luke chapter 2 verse 50. He went to, with them to Nazareth and remained obedient to them. And the mother watched her son. To the point that she knew, she knew him like a book. The basic thing, she knew that this child was born for good things, to see people who were suffering. This occasion, he won't fail. So mothers, fathers, teachers, do you know your child so well? that you can always say where he or she will stand in any moment, especially of crisis. All right. You pay attention to their lives. When your child begins to do certain things, are you watching those things and contemplating them as indications of what that child will be in future? 
Some children begin very early to tell lies and to steal. And that way I don't come, but I think of wrong man. He will learn when he grows. How is it? Right, you will see now. And you, child, does your father, your mother, your teacher know you well enough that they can guarantee you will not fail them? These students, can your teachers set exams for you and walk away without an invigilator? Knowing that you will not cheat because they trained you. Jesus and his mother, they were in such deep communication and understanding that each knew the other well enough. Of course, Jesus knew he couldn't fail his mother in this situation. Maybe I'm not going to move you. She was not begging for herself. That's why I don't She dropped the message and went away. Some of us, when we pray, we pray as if God were either deaf or forgetful. And something that prayer is not. And you repeat and repeat and pile up words. Jesus tells us, look, don't heap words. Your father knows what you need even before you ask. Just Prepare yourself to receive the gift he has prepared for you. No. And this is one of the worst things that the so-called Pentecostal movement has done to the church in Nigeria. There are some positive things, no doubt. There are no ones. And as she's living, do what he tells you. And the environment is a family. This miracle with a very small group of people around, not many people observed it, and there were no testimonies at the end. Nobody knew where it came from except the servants and the disciples. Some of us think that for there to be a miracle, you must go to a crusade. You must go to an adoration center where noise and noise and noise is made and when you go before the blessed sacraments no miracle will happen until the particular priest comes around and carries the blessed sacrament and moves around then Jesus will act and you ask yourself is it the blessed sacrament acting on the priest? Is it Jesus acting on the priest? If it is Jesus, why wouldn't he act when you go to beg him of your pro present your problems to him before he in his presence in the tabernacle? And if it is the priest really that makes Jesus act in that way, independent of the power of Jesus in the Eucharist. Oh, but the basic issue is noise, crowd. Testimonies, publications, camera, television, everywhere for miracle. Jesus attended to people's needs without knowledge. Often he told them, even don't tell anybody about this. 
But more interesting for us is the role of those servants. First of all, Mary told them, do whatever he tells you. And Jesus, the first thing he told them was what? Fill the jars for ablution with water. These jars have specific role to play. The Jews use them for purification because they are dusty roads. When you come into the house, there was to be a feast. So people who were coming in needed to wash themselves. Their hands, their feet, they, they wore sandals, not shoes. They would wash their feet of the, of the dust and then purify their hands from the wrist down. The jars were for purification. Jesus asked them, fill those jars with water. And they filled the jars with water. And they did not go asking him, what, 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 has the, what have the jars got to do with what we are doing? But that wasn't the worst. That wasn't the more difficult part. What? Drop on the jars and go and give to the stewards. How can this man talk? I try and all that. This man only will get into trouble. May we carry water, go give water. Yeah, I no correct. Now, because they say if you want that water, I then carry our hand and go. We don't get hand, may you carry and go give up. That would have been a normal reaction. And we are not told that as they were going, they tested it to know what had happened. They just obeyed sheepishly. They have been warned. Mary, first of all, was able to understand that Jesus wasn't going to fail. Because she kept everything about him in her heart and contemplated him. For you to understand God's plan for you, for you to understand that God will never fail you in Jesus Christ, you have to be accustomed to meditating on his words and his life. Otherwise, you will not understand how it was. And then, if you find yourself in the position of these servants, or similar to the position of these servants, remember what caused problem for humanity was disobedience. God told Adam what to do. And he and Eve thought they knew better and did differently. What saved humanity from condemnation is obedience. Jesus came and became obedient even unto death. So if we obey him, if we obey his word, that is the only way out of the misery, out of the darkness, out of the embarrassment we find ourselves in. They obeyed and took the water that had now become wine to the chief steward. And joy returned to the celebration. 
Water is the source of life. Wine is the source of joy. But the blood of Christ, to which these elements point on the cross, that is the source of salvation. Life, joy, salvation. You don't stop. It is not enough to have life. It has to be a joyous life. And for that joyous life to be meaningful, it has to be a joyous life unto salvation, unto good. That glorification of Christ in the first sign in Canaan in Galilee was a sign pointing already to the cross. Because we know that eventually he took wine during the feast and said, This is my blood that will be poured out for you. But still, it's just the first reading from the prophet Isaiah tells us Now, for the sake of my people, I will no longer keep quiet. My people have suffered enough. They will no longer be abandoned and desolate. Now they will become consoled and married. They will be consoled like a bridegroom marries a virgin. So will your sons marry you. John will return to you. My dear brothers and sisters, Nigeria is lying prostrate, prostrate, prostrate and desolate. Abandoned. Our country has been dedicated and consecrated to Mary by the bishops of Nigeria. That consecration was renewed at the conclusion of the Marian year in Belize. Our lady knows what is wrong with this country and she is speaking constantly to her son and the son is telling Nigerians what to do. We are not listening. That is why we are in trouble. And that is why I want to say, Christians, we have a great blame in the mess in this country. We are not listening to the directives of the Lord. Our wine has failed. But even now, he is ready from the abundance of the water around to turn it into wine to return joy to us that you baptized Christian, you confirmed Christian, you have to draw from that water and give to others. Are you good? What do we do in this country? From the abundance, oh no, Barak, I'll make it straight away. And it begins early. Make any of these children refectory prefect. And he will make sure. I'm only giving an example. Maybe it's not happening in the back of it at all. But you make any of them reflective prefect. He will make sure from the rest he brings out the best portion of the food for himself and his friends. Make him level prefect. He will make sure he and his friends will never walk. That is what is happening in our schools, including Catholic schools. Of course, copying in exams is so common now that if parents 
some of you, are so certain that their children cannot cheat in examinations, they withdraw them in the exam year and take them to schools where they can cheat every single year. From the abundance we have, take, okay, check your projects. You trust a brother, you trust a sister, you trust a friend, the way Mary trusted his, her son, and the way Jesus trusted the servants. He involved those servants. He involves us now. You trust the person. We want to do a good school in Ogwede for our children. Please, you are a builder. Come and do a good work for us. Look at the floor. Six years after, they are all proof done by a trusted contractor. That is what we do with the abundance. We have abundance of natural and human resources everywhere. We are fighting over oil, fighting over gas. The natural liquefied gas in this country is not yet being explored. And yet, cooking gas is, has become unaffordable. You follow the debate. You follow the debate two weeks ago. When somebody from the oil producing area wrote and said, Look, our region cannot only be collecting the pollution. After all, the oil is in our region. If some regions in the north can be collecting their gold and their bauxite and their iron, and handling them on state level, we must be able to get the first share of the oil coming from our area, not just the pollution. And the former president, two-time president of this country, answered him officially by writing, he said, look, the oil in Nigeria, anywhere in Nigeria, belongs to everybody. Good story. A few, a few days after that, it was announced that oil had been discovered in the north. And the sitting president of this country said, now that we have discovered oil, it is quoted as saying, now that we have discovered oil in the north, those who are in the south will now stop making nyanga for us. Eh? Are you now suggesting also that the oil discovered in the north belongs to everybody? Which everybody? We know who owns that oil. We know those who own the oil wells. We know those who smuggle our oil. We know those who will never account for our oil. Nobody, no human being alive or dead has a record of the balance of oil that have been produced in this country. Or even the barrels produced anywhere. And they tell us it belongs to everybody. It belongs to a few and their friends. And we are killing ourselves for crumbs. For what is big from the dustbin. Draw from those jars. God is telling you today after your confirmation and has told you on the day you were wedded and confirmed, draw from the abundance 
of your life and give for everybody. Second reading from the first letter to the Corinthians tells us every single gift is from God. The work is being done by God, the same Lord, for the common good. I am a friend. Even within the church, people who have received special gifts by the Holy Spirit, what do they do with it? Jesus found them one community of believers, prayed for their unity, and left. A few hundred years after, that community of believers was split into blocks. Why? They were struggling for power and unwilling to share their gifts. And today we have thousands, if not millions, of Christian denominations. Why? Oh, you are a gift. Would you give this room with you? Even within the same Catholic Church, gifted priests, gifted lay persons, gifted sisters, they begin their private ministry. And what do you as a bishop? If you tell them that this is a gift given to you for the whole church, let us know what you are doing for the good of your brothers. Don't worry, I am taking care of my brothers. I train the poor. I, I employ many of them. And I do miracles for all of them. Bishop of Masako, which told you this. Drop in the corners. Give everybody. Some of you sitting here looking at me this year will become great men, leaders of this school. As you shout amen, pay attention. Pay attention because your trouble begins early. Whenever you find yourself in a position of leadership, that position was given to you for the good of others. Nigerians have become incapable of sharing. Local government. What has INEC got to do with this one now? And almost every local government in Enugu State now is at war because they are preparing for local government what? Why are you going to take life on church now? Local government appointments. Which kind of election? And they are killing themselves. If power was service, who would fight for it? Okay, I'm going to say that who and who know anything as a one for an as a white position. Jeff Wapu in their way. Be good. In the night, and as a whole, present. Grand night. Uh, lady, have you called the ladies? No good lady, no good. Neighbors, no nature in the number of it. You are not no good until you contest for election and win election. You are not grand until you become ahead of the knights. That's why you are ready to fight and corrupt and assassinate characters. And then I'm not scandalizing your children. Then it is happening. Because we have failed to realize that we are all, all of us, like servants in a great wedding feast. God has said, I am ready 
experience in Nigeria that you must help me. That's all. You must help me. I will give you gifts. And from these gifts, you have to make sure the rich other people. And my children who will be confirmed today and those who are preparing for anything in the future. The only way you have to be happy in life is to share. Because it is only what you have shared with another person that is permanently your own. I'll give you a very simple example. If you are preparing for examination, if you know mathematics well, the best way to know it better is to teach somebody who doesn't know it well. If you are preparing for examination, look for those who don't know chemistry, those who don't know English, those who don't know biology, those who don't look for them, gather them, and practice with them, and teach them. You will never forget what you have taught them. But if you keep them only for yourself, on the day of exam, you will forget. The only way you become happy is if you draw from the abundance and share with others. We have enough gifts in the church, enough gifts in the society, enough gifts in the country to go around and we shall not be happy. And God is ready. Are we ready? This confirmation is preparing you to be witnesses of this sharing and sacrifice in love. Because when she are confirmed now, they call you soldiers of Christ. Not to go and carry arms and fight in you. Because Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. And St. Paul says, give yourself, strengthen yourself in God, so that you resist the powers of Satan. Ephesians chapter 6. Because, he said, verse 12, what we are fighting is not body and blood, human flesh, but powers and principalities. The fight is with sin. So you must be ready to stand up. Under God now, let me in the name of Jesus, God of Satan, in the name of women. Children are bringing back paganism. Young people are bringing in Ukumumbri. Everybody boys who should be farming in our farms become rich through farming. And now some of them are unknown government. And we don't know really who these unknown government are. Tomorrow, they will say you don't come out. Next tomorrow, you don't come out. Another day, you don't come out. Who are they really? God is ready to end our suffering. But he wants to involve us in ending this suffering. The power you will receive as confirmation today is coming from Christ. Through the apostles, he gave those, that power. And then they transferred the power to bishops to impose hands on you and pray, and you receive the Holy Spirit in a special way that will make you identify the will of God in your life and transfer love from yourself to others. Whether you feel the shaking today or not, through the action of the bishop, you will receive that gift today. May you realize, and may all of us realize, that we are just servants in a wedding feast. And the Lord is asking us to draw from the abundance
that he has provided and give to others so that joy may return to our world. Peace be with you.